0: I'm Allison Hare and welcome to Little Left of Center, the podcast that interviews culture changers that are reshaping our world and breaking new ground. Episode number three. Y'all, I am so excited about today's conversation with Kelly Knight. She's the CEO, owner and founder of Modern Mystic Shop. Modern Mystic is located in Pond City Market in Atlanta, Georgia, and online everywhere. Modern Mystic is a wildly successful metaphysical shop. And yes, I said wildly successful metaphysical shop and experience. And it's designed to integrate your spiritual self with everything else. And as someone who frequently compartmentalizes my own spiritual beliefs and my business and everyday life, I was so glad to have a better understanding of how to merge it into one powerful source. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy my guest. Welcome, Kelly Knight. Hi, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited to have you here. And, you know, I was thinking about this new podcast and who I can have, and this is about culture changers and... Your name popped into my head and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to ask this woman because you have started this shop and um, have turned it into almost a movement and mm. kind of hit into some kind of zeitgeist. So what I'd love to do um, to start off, if you're open to it, is just tell us who you are, tell us how you got here, and yeah. then we'll go from there. Who
1: am I? Isn't who that an are you? existential question? Who, who are you? Who am I? Uh, Currently, I wear the hat of founder and CEO of Modern Mystic Shop. And, you know, I try to separate, I guess, who I am from the identity of the business because it's really easy to sort of go with the ebbs and flows of that success and take it really personally. So although I'm sort of like a steward for that business and it kind of has created this energy of its own, um, I'm also a wife. Uh, My my husband is my business partner and we've created and grown this uh, business together. Uh, I think I'm also a boss, which feels weird because my employees actually introduce me as that way. Oh, this is my boss. And that's something new to get used to because- Kelly,
0: you're kind of a boss, boss.
1: It's (laughs) like, but it doesn't feel, I don't feel like a boss in the, I guess, the classical term in which I've had bosses. I feel like we collaborate, you know, and everyone's opinions are uh, valid and we work in a different way. But I guess I'm trying to, it's actually harmful not to step into the boss title because uh, when I don't really think about that, I am less aware of the impact that I have or the words that I say, you know, coming as a boss versus not. Um, but how I got here has been an interesting road, at least for me, you know, I started in marketing. I went to college. I was a, I was a distance runner in college, went to UGA. Uh, so I've always had this sort of like competitive streak and, and the cool thing about running is sort of like you're competitive with yourself. And I feel like that's how I've grown my business too. It's like, I'm not really externally referent to what other people are doing, but I'm always trying to do better. Based on my own criteria, um, so marketing to and media and that sort of life, which I learned during that time, that I was really good at coming up with promotions, campaigns, and working with brands that really resonate. And I never had a bomb like campaign. It would always sort of what we were talking about go viral. Um, and so I I didn't realize how valuable that skill was. I thought, oh, this is what all marketers do. This is what marketing is. It's like creating these, these programs or these incentives that move a population of people to take an action but it turns out that not everyone hits it 100% of the time. Did those How did those ideas come to you? So this is you are asking me the exact same question. So I used to work for Gannett. It's a giant media company, and they actually pulled me aside to get on a conference call with the head of digital there who is based in DC to kind of understand how it is that I came up with these ideas so that they could replicate it in other markets. And I was like, well, you know, I'm like in the shower (laughs) and I'm always in the shower. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, what the goal is and then these ideas pop in and my brain just works in a way that connects things very quickly, which actually we'll get into tarot too. But I think that's why I'm a good tarot reader is I can see all of the cards and all of the pieces laid out and then it clicks in. Very quickly, how they all work together, and that's how my mind was working with marketing too. It's like okay, here it's like backwards problem solving. here's sort of where we want to go, and then I can very quickly see like the different steps and the ways that different people and things kind of m- move together to create that outcome. but that's i i i I learned like to your point is how I get these ideas it's in a it's an intuitive thing. And you can't replicate it. And everyone has their own way to express that, a way to create, a way to get ideas. And so it's not something I can easily explain. Do you feel like
0: the ideas that come to you, if it is an intuition, and what I know about intuition is the more you practice it, the more clear it gets. Yeah. And I'm wondering, as you've gone through your spiritual journey, or Mm -hmm. it is a journey, right? It never ends. Never ends. So I'm wondering if that has become more clear Mm -hmm. as you've built a brand of modern mystic. Mm -hmm. But it's really resonated in a way that people are looking at therapy, Mm -hmm. they're looking at healing, they're looking at opportunity mm-hmm. in a way where they can use some of the tools that you market or that you offer mm-hmm. to help them open something else and I'm I'm curious to learn how how you got there how did you open, how did you start modern mystic how did the idea come to you
1: so it's really out of necessity so I sort of believe that the, the best way that I can be impactful is to fill a space, to fill, like to, to scan the the horizon and see where there's a need that my gifts and talents align with and fill that need, as opposed to creating something and making people come to you. It's like, where can I be helpful? Where can I be of use? And so for me, um, I was doing tarot reading. That was a, That's a whole other story. So so to speak to intuition and how that came to be for me is I think it's twofold. I think it's healing. I did a, many, many years, like probably seven years of intensive therapy and healing and group work just to clean the garbage out enough to be able to sense who I really was and to hear my own inner voice and also all of that led to the my intuition being blasted wide open. And so I think the first step is healing. And then the second step is honing. Ooh, that should be oh, yes. nice. OK, <laughs> I'm going to create a bumper sticker. So it's, right. like, it's like healing and then, then honing that skill. And so as I was reading tarot for people, which happened pretty naturally, as soon as I got into tarot with a specific deck, it just connected and then I created an Instagram account and people started following it by the thousands and asking me for readings. So that, that did roll pretty quickly. But with the shop, I just realized there wasn't a place in my hometown to send these people for their follow-up tools. So I would sit with someone and it would be clear to me that they need you know, a little of this and a little of that. And the places to send them around Atlanta didn't resonate with me, didn't feel like me. Uh, they'd be coming into my my either my home or at a later time into my office that was light and bright and white and clear and clean. And I wanted, I knew that these people came to me because they resonated with that sort of energy. And there wasn't a place that matched that energy in Atlanta. So then I thought, you know, it might be cool to offer that. And I saw this hole in the market and to create a place for metaphysics that is more relevant, that feels modern and clean. And it's not the cliche of, you know, the velvet curtains (laughs) and whatever. Like that's sort of more of a Piscean old Way to approach these things, and so that's that. That's how want, it came.
0: I want to stop right there about yeah. the Piscean age because,
1: yes. yes, you had. I had gone to one of
0: your workshops, and you're very, very generous in your brand of educating people on spiritual tools, metaphysical tools, ways to incorporate that. And one of the words that keeps coming back, mm-hmm. and I think it could be the word of 2019, is normalizing, normalizing mm. spirituality. In in your daily practice, and sure. like you've said several times before, you know, it's not like people who listen to me all need to quit their jobs and become yoga teachers and tarot readers, but right. how do you normalize it and bring it inside? And you had done a workshop where you had talked about the Aquarian age and mm-hmm. the Piscean age, yes. and I, I kept hearing about the Aquarian age. I had no idea what it meant, and you explained it, and it kind of opened up something to me where it actually allows me to organize information that's happening outside of me, outside mm. of my world and politics that made a lot of sense and actually help give me an understanding. So Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't
1: mind explaining that, because I think it was a really powerful tool for me. Thanks. I'm glad that it resonated. It really clicked for me too. And I learned sort of just, so there's like the individual self and then there's the collective. And as the collective, it's easy to see actually, once you know about it, it's easy to, to identify ways in which sort of the Piscean age is kind of in its final throes, and then this new age is coming. So the age of Pisces lasted for, I think, 2,000 years, and it ended in 2012. And it's uh, an astrological time where it was more uh, patriarchal, it was more hierarchical, Things were held in more secrecy, so it's the people at the top knew the magic information, or you had to go to the priest to get absolution. All of those ways in which, you know, I was, I grew up Catholic, and it's very easy to see sort of those. tendencies in the way that we've been entrenched to believe in those sort of ways. Then you start to transition into the age of Pisces, which I forgot the number of years, but I think it's something around it'll take 36 years or so to because it's not like you turn on the flip flip the switch and now oh we're in the age of Pisces. So we're sort of in that shadow period where we're entering the age of Aquarius, and in this time it's the opposite, it's more matriarchal, it's more uh, communal, it's about sharing, it's about speed. Um, so, so sharing information quickly the information age is perfect to describe sort of just the tone of the Aquarian age. And so we're in this sort of push and pull between the old way and the new way. And then, you know, my teachers tell us, you know, our souls are super lucky. Like we signed up to be in the transition team and we signed up to be here to sort of usher out of this old way and into the new way. But that's why people, I think, are so stressed and so confused. And I have a lot of clients that are like, I don't know how to do this next phase. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, none of us do because this is a very unique time in, in civilization. And so most of us are trailblazing. Uh, most of us are just figuring it out as we go and there's not really a blueprint. Um, And then you can see politically, like the Me Too movement, how everything's being exposed. Yes. And that's sort of Aquarian. It's like nothing can be hidden anymore. And it forces you, like you have to be in integrity. You have to be in alignment or you're going to get called out. And how wonderful is that, right? Like you, at least we know where everyone stands. Like you don't really stand a chance to be covert and secretive. Um, And then that goes same for all of this information, which is why we have our free classes every Sunday. It's like meant to be shared. It's not meant, you're not meant to necessarily have someone ordain you or say, okay, now you can do this thing. It's like more of a self-baptism. It sounds like
0: more of a level playing field that everybody everybody's voice really does matter. Yeah. It's not like you're anointed.
1: Yes, and you're not like the chosen one. And that's why I get into like, you know, a lot of people get into their intuition or they develop their psychic skills, and there's this dangerous thing about it where people start to feel special. It's like, "Oh, I can do this thing." And part of my job, like I'm a psychic medium, so I can talk to dead people. It's no big deal. It's like that's what's that's up. Totally no big deal. <laughs> it's like no big deal, but you know, it's like everyone has their own spidey sense or super sense right and so the more we normalize it and we make it not special the more people are going to use it and the more we can use it to work together and be together and not because even feeling special about a psychic gift let's say still puts you sort of higher than someone else and that's actually not true
0: for every person I interview I always have one burning question yes and that's how I know it's somebody I want to interview. Okay. I guess I can build a whole interview around this one burning question. And it's something that I've thought about a lot. And for myself, when I do certain things, um, and, and I probably should back up and tell you why I, I almost evangelize who you are and who Modern Mystic is because of an incident, not an incident, but a, an experience I had with you. And this is probably almost two years ago. And I came to you for guidance on career stuff. Mm -hmm. And I came in there with something somewhat, you know, fairly basic, I guess, that people Mm -hmm. ask about that a lot. And I'd never gone to your tarot reading, I saw something on Facebook, we'd been friends for like 10 years or so, Mm -hmm. and just kind of knew you. And so I sat with you. And within this 45 minute reading, you had immediately pivoted away from career and unlocked a neuroses and an obsession that (laughs) I'd been dealing with with food um, Mm. where I was prepping all my food I was weighing every single thing that went in my mouth. I was working out like a crazy person and very stressed out and just really wound up about this through some childhood issues Mm -hmm. of it. And with this 45-minute session, you unlocked all of it. Mm -hmm. And I immediately was able to, just through this reading, was able to unwind and take a different path that i i really felt like at that point i was really approaching the 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 point of crazy mm-hmm. where i didn't understand i didn't know what my what i was doing or why i was getting so worked up mm-hmm. over something that really didn't matter and you unlocked that for me so wow. i i thank you for that and honor you for thank that you. and again i do evangelize you for that but it it kind of unlocked it's something for me to explore crystals, to explore mm-hmm. tarot, to explore, explore the spiritual side of things. And I feel like when I go into your store or maybe do a meditation practice or something, I feel like this feels so good. Like mm-hmm. you have said a lot in, in previous interviews about the yes, no feeling in your body. Mm-hmm. And I feel very yes about a lot of things with it. But I also feel like, and this is similar to religion too, mm-hmm. that I I kind of grapple with a lot of things that I, I want to dive right in mm-hmm. and say, I am ready and just kind of envelop myself in it sure. and immerse myself in it. And I feel like I go to the the edge at the top of the cliff and I'm ready to dive in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then I'll turn around, get in my car and drive down the hill. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably very common with people that are resistant to maybe a, a totality of philosophy. And so I wanted to understand your experience of incorporating what that looks like and how people are able to normalize something or incorporate that into their world and feel like they are embracing it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have to put on my spiritual hat and take it off to do my business.
1: Yes. That's so normal, where people don't feel integrated and they have to compartmentalize, and and so I was totally closeted as a tarot reader because I was doing the marketing work, right? And so I created this Instagram account where you couldn't tell it was me because I was still very, um, like I was compartmentalizing those things. A couple of things to what your to your point about sort of f- jumping full in, um, I don't. I, a huge part of this is discernment. A huge part of this is self regulation. So, so your inner self could be saying, "Too much, not now." And then we also have got to look at ways in which we associate spirituality with religion in the past. And and we will. You can make anything dogmatic. You can make any whatever your experience was in the past with religion. You can easily transfer that over into this sort of work in a way that's not going to serve you i'm not saying you i'm just saying generally yeah i can if, see that so if you haven't worked through those There's a lot of programming yeah so yeah. if you haven't worked through that anything can kind of will become a religion or will become sort of you know can go that way and so the i think sort of the work is to, to sort of dismantle that piece of it too Uh, But I will say I do preach a lot about integration and because for me, that's when I've been able to reach my fullest power and potential is when I've been able to just be fully me. And that includes like my woo side. That includes that I love business, you know, and I don't believe that business is an unholy thing. I'm a a capitalist, you know what I mean? And a spiritual person and, and, and. And even in my workplace, the reason why I'm so passionate about growing our brand is so I can create more jobs where people can show up, integrated human beings, and be able to make a fair living um, doing things that they love and being themselves. So... I'm trying to remember the original question because we were kind of steering. I don't off. know that it was a question other than yeah. just a rambling experience
0: that yeah. I'm trying to grapple with. But I yeah, think it's, it's more like, the integration.
1: Yes, and that's that's so critical, but it takes a, a long time sometimes, um, and and it takes being validated um, externally sometimes. Um, like, but when I sort of started seeing and hearing things beyond my physical senses. I was so afraid that my dad would reject me, you know, and I was afraid to share it with my family, but what really helped me with the integration piece because of who my dad represents in my psyche. Who does your dad represent uh, in your psyche? I mean, it's like the, like, like the little, like the daddy issues, like the little girl that just wants to have acceptance and, and who, who sort of determines their worth and value based on the acceptance of the father. You know, the father in many ways is our external reference point in the world. And our mother is sort of our internal, um, monologue or dialogue and so you know as a girl I always want my dad to be proud and um, it happened several times along the way like when I quit running track I was scared to tell him and when I started seeing dead people. Uh, (laughs) When (laughs) when did that happen? Uh, Around 2012 so it's been about So right as the Aquarian age. Yeah, that's when my like big awakening happened. So wild. So did you have inklings before that? Yeah. I had like yes. So I was sort of maybe in the phase that you're in now where, you know, I was dabbling, I was learning, I was doing the healing work before twenty twelve. I was doing I'm trying to think how like about ten, probably twelve years ago, I started doing the healing work really hardcore. Um and I think that made way so that I could upgrade in a way of my consciousness at that time. Um, But my dad like really accepted me and the first thing he did was like, is there a book I can read that would help me understand your experience and I gave it to him and that day we're at the pool and he read it cover to cover and there was like no judgment and I'm not saying it's the most healthy thing to like get your worth outside of yourself, but at that time for me, it was what I needed. I'm like, okay, if this person who historically was more conservative, highly Catholic, All of this stuff can accept me as I am. It helped me accept me as I am. And then I took baby steps to grow from there. Um, As far as the integration goes. So I highly recommend the best anyone can to bring their sense of whatever it is to all areas of their life. Because like you said... We need, you know, evolved spiritual people in the school system, in the banking system, in the courtroom, in the hospitals. That's how we're going to elevate as a society. So to keep it separate is actually a disservice to yourself and the impact that you're going to have on other people. And it doesn't have to look like evangelizing necessarily to say like, oh, you should try this thing. What I believe is like you hold that integration in your aura and the more comfortable that you are and embodied you are. When you sit in front of another person, it gives them the space to be embodied and integrated as well, just by holding that within yourself. It sounds like an
0: evolution that happens too. How do you see people stepping into a spiritual journey? And do you find that people... I have so many questions about your experience with the store because I've, I've seen so many exciting and interesting things there. But how... Do you, do you have to be open... To uh, let me back up for a second. Yeah. <clears throat> when somebody goes in your store, very often people are there. They're not always browsing. They're always in a place of transition, mm-hmm. where they're saying, you know, I'm thinking about a new career. Or I'm trying to get pregnant, and or you know, my friend has breast cancer. What do you mm-hmm. have? Right. And your your staff and and you and this and your husband are especially trained. Almost like therapy. Yeah. You know, it is such an affordable way of therapy. Right. And is it for, do you have to be transitioning
1: to mm-hmm. want it? I think. Or to be open to it. Yeah, I think we're always transitioning. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I think that's the human condition. And if you're not growing and changing, you're stagnant. And then that's another problem that we can help with when you feel sort of stuck. So I think... um, you know, we do find people, the way that we have positioned ourselves and made ourselves available are usually to people that are on the newer end of the spectrum with this stuff. So we've got, that's our core audience or people that are curious and they're seekers and this might, they might know a little bit, but they want to go deeper. And we do train our Uh, staff to be counselors basically and you know you're right there was an article I forgot where I read to say that millennials in particular are going to psychics and tarot readers in lieu of conventional therapy and that's what how I what I became for people I think too it's it's a different and actually therapists some of my top referrers um, for tarot readings at the time were therapists who had worked with me and liked me and they can't actually tell their clients what to do. So they're like, hey, maybe as a supplement, you should go visit Kelly. And I could say like, dump him or (laughs) or like like, you're being neurotic or whatever that, you know, a therapist really won't say. Um, So usually we do have people on the beginning end of the spectrum. And then Um, And that's sort of our core audience. But I will say, as we've grown and deepened, like myself personally, because I hold the energy of the business very strongly in my aura, the more the deeper I get, my husband gets, our staff gets, we're noticing the deeper the questions are and the further along the clientele is, whether they're growing with us. So they were clients of mine, you know, three years ago, or whether people at a different level of evolution are sort of coming through the doors now. And so I think that's going to continue to evolve and change as I deepen and grow. I see it reflected in the business and who comes through with our staff, like who's attracted to work there, and then what kind of clientele comes through the doors.
0: It's funny because I remember after you first opened this door, and I guess you were trying to figure out like the hiring thing, and you yeah. posted something on Facebook that you're hiring. And one of the prerequisites, <laughs> what was it? I don't remember <laughs> Is that you show up to work. <laughs> and I thought, it was such, I thought it was so funny. But it it also kind of speaks to the people that are in there. I know a lot of their faces or their names and yeah. their personalities. Like yeah. they they really stick with you. And, and what I've noticed is that you really do invest in the people that work there. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that change and grow? And what will that look like going forward? Yeah,
1: it's changed so much. It's been... So I believe our hiring is strictly based on prayer. <laughs> I pray and every single day I pray for our staff and I pray for the new people to come. Um, and I tell my staff that we've had a staff meeting before. Where I'm like, you guys are literally the answer to a thousand prayers because I didn't, there's, there's no like monster.com that's going to help me find my people. <laughs> right. So At first it was really hard to find staff that were dedicated. There were a lot of people who were highly empathic and intuitive and thought it would be fun. To work at a crystal shop but they were overly sensitive they didn't have good boundaries Mm. Um, and so they would get taken down by the energy and so we need a really unique sense kind of person who is open and educated but have done enough work on themselves and are motivated enough to work in a high volume retail store we're a very high volume store so when you come in there on the weekends there might be a line eight people deep you're not sipping tea and reading tarot cards um so I will say a few things is I think we, I, I've i leveled up my level of like CEO-ness and I feel like we've sort of attracted <laughs> to the level of my maturity too. Um, and it's been, it's just like miracles and everyone that's on our quote unquote corporate team, which is the team that I lead now that doesn't work in the store. They all came through the shop as hourly workers. And we had, you know, Kirsten who does our Sunday school team. She started working there just like one day a week with another full-time job because she wanted to be in the energy. My friend, um, my friend, well, I guess she is my friend, but uh, Lauren, um, who's like my right-hand woman, she started the same way. She worked for a tech startup And she's just wanted to work there on Sundays to be part of the team. And so we've attracted now a high level and we've been able to grow fast enough to promote them into uh, roles that are more suitable for their education and their dedication. Um, So moving forward, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. Uh, It's incredible to me how many people we have attracted, even from like our lawyer, my lawyer to accountants or like we're trying to buy, um, we're buying a house now and like, our home inspector, what we didn't know this, was a customer. Our um our closing attorney, like is a fan of ours. So we're always attracting people that are like in our scene and that are on our team, um, which is just magic and synchronicity, I think.
0: Do you feel like you're manifesting?
1: Oh, 100%. Those things too. 100%. And so, mm. and what my teacher Guru Jagat says is, you know, as a business owner, you've got to take 100% responsibility for your successes and for your failures. And so I can take credit for all of the, these amazing people that are sticking with us and growing with us. And then I also have to take credit for the rockier year previously where, you know, it, it was a reflection of where I was at. You know, what ways am I not fully committed and what ways do I need to work on, being able to hold this this kind of work in my aura and and be strong enough to hold the success for somebody who's so empathic
0: like you are mm-hmm. and from what I know about you you are fiercely protective of your energy but mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of energy to be out there as a brand as a person as a CEO as a founder how how do you do that and still be so generous in
1: giving mm, that's a great question i I haven't mastered it. Uh, but I believe like my my yoga and meditation practice coming first. Most days has to be—it's like the most critical piece. Tell me more. So, so I practice Kundalini yoga, um, and so doing, you know, Kundalini yoga kriyas, and getting on at least forty-day meditations where I'm doing the same thing over and over again. It—it's enabled me to build my auric field to where I am the dominant energy in all of my interactions. So, like, I'm not coming over to your side or your if you're having a shit day. I'm not sort of ingesting that and it's not affecting me so much. So that at a base level is my, you know, is my rock. And then I also do a ton of work on myself. I am like you are a Scorpio. I've got tons of Scorpio on my chart. And so if I'm not in some sort of transformation work, I'm not. I'm not happy and I get depressed and I can't be creative. And also, because of my chart, I'm very community oriented. And so, I do best in transformational community. And that's also probably why I'm building transformational community. And so, you just got to kind of know what gets your juices flowing and like what actually revives you. It's going to be a different recipe for every person. But if you start to pay attention to those things, so I know I do well in community. So, I'm part of this program. Um, with my teacher out in LA. And there's a group of 13 women. um, And we went through a year long course together. And we're gonna I signed up to do it again, because that level of deep friendship and camaraderie, and accountability and having a mentor really works for me. Sounds like a foundational base. For me, it is. And so and so like, I'm kind of a workaholic, because I love it so much. But then I do leave every for the past couple of years, it was every month I would leave for four days. And that was protected time and I would go do my work and then I would come back. And so that's my thing. So for that's what I what works for me. My uh, teacher teaches us to do energy audits which is just like a balance sheet, you know, or like balancing your checkbook. It's like figure so old balance your checkbook, (laughs) your budget. (laughs) But it's like if you can pay attention to sort of on one side of the page, you know, what things that you do that fill you up. So for you, it might be hosting this podcast might be a boost, even though it takes energy, you're going to be getting energy from it potentially. And then what things that you're doing are expenditures like I'm like drinking coffee is probably actually in the negative column. But it's okay, because I did 45 minutes of meditation this morning and sort of create your own balance sheet to see uh, where you need to beef up and like what you need to be in the black. It's like crowding out the bad. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> But you have to be balanced. I mean, like, that's the thing about a modern mystic. We're doing this whole campaign. We've created these videos of what a modern mystic means to you. And we interviewed eight of our customers and it means something different for everyone. And you're, we're fucking normal people. Like I, that's why I think my tarot reading went so well and, and grew so fast because people would sit with me and I'm like a normal person and you're very practical. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's how I live my life. And so Um, it's not all like love and light, like (laughs) that pisses me off actually. Like there's, there's like polarity. There's uh, like a modern mystic is someone that's a mom or a teacher or this or that, and into this other stuff that fills their tank. What do you think the world needs? Like if if you're Mm. looking at your
0: customers and the people, what is, what are you tapping into or what do you sense? is the spirit or the mood. Like for me, I feel like... Almost everyone I know is not happy with where they are. And Mm. it's not that they're miserable, but they feel like their purpose is somewhere else and they're looking and they're seeking and they're searching. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is resonant all around me with every single level of people that are saying, I feel like I'm wasting my talents Mm -hmm. doing something that's not there and I'm not sure how to get over here. Mm -hmm. That's what I see. Mm -hmm. And I wonder from your perspective of being in this work day Mm -hmm. in and day out, what does that look like for for you? What does your lens look like?
1: So without like analyzing you too much, I (laughs) I would say like, would that be a place where you're finding yourself trying to get aligned with a sense of purpose and impact and aligning your values, um, with how you move through the world. And, and the reason why I'm just asking that is it's been my experience that wherever I'm at, it gets reflected back at me through the people that I'm interacting with. That's true. And so, so I would say like, that's probably part of At your, uh, like, part of your mission right now is like, as you get more clear and more integrated, like we talked about, it would be interesting to see the people around you keeping in time. And that's why it's so important for us to do our own work first, because it allows that space for other people around us. And that's how you know when you've really made a change. You know, you've really made a change when you can see it in the people around you and you're elevating and amplifying. Everybody.
0: Now I'm getting therapy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just got chills for that one. Wow. And And so for me, I'm super lucky because right now what I'm surrounded by Um, in my personal life and in my work life, as far as our team goes, are a lot of people that are elevating and amplifying and, and really are in alignment with their purpose and truth and are really making an impact and valuing themselves and having good boundaries because that's the work that I've done to get to, um, and so it's being reflected in me, um, that's really powerful. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And that's that's really, I really believe that's how you know, like h- how you're doing in a way. And it's not to say this is going to feel like this all the time and I'm going to get to this other plateau where I might be feeling stuck or underutilized and then it, it will, might look that way around, like when I'm checking out the scenery. Um, and so, uh, but as far as, you know, just like the day-to-day in our store, what people are looking for, I think people are trying to understand, I think people are understanding that they're more powerful than they think they are. I think people are, for the most part, leaving organized religion as their main uh, form of spirituality and they're trying to figure out for themselves what that means and what it feels like to trust themselves and what it feels like to come to the realization that sort of they're the God of their universe. And so that's the main purpose of what we're up to is like, in what ways can we support people understanding that, that they're the power and they're the force in their lives. Mm -hmm.
0: What would you say your mission
1: is? I have so many missions and it's changing. (laughs) Uh, One mission currently is exactly what I was saying previously, and we use the alliteration, but like to make mystic mainstream, to make this sort of the normal thing, to normalize all of it. That's why we're doing this campaign to say, you know, like the doctors and the nurses and the people that are business executives or whatever, like they're all modern mystics. And this isn't this sort of like hidden thing that you need to be ashamed of and put it in the closet. This is something you can hold with you and be integrated in your life. And so right now, that's what I'm working on because i've I feel like I'm able to offer that because I went through the long journey to get that sort of alignment for myself, and so now I feel like you know you learn and then you teach, and that's what we're sort of teaching, and all of our products, our ritual kits, our classes, these are all little bits and pieces that people can use, whatever resonates with them to get closer and and feel. That power within themselves how
0: do you scale from here because you you seem to have gone through a lot of iterations or at least additional add-ons or mm-hmm. limbs
1: yeah or branches yeah. of modern mystic
0: that you've kind of had gone through a gestational period and then you come out with another generous way of getting out there how do you scale yeah how do you grow beyond atlanta beyond yeah. just the web how does this culminate into a movement yeah, worldwide.
1: We're we're working on that actually, and I have a my, one of my friends, Jen. She's coaching me. She's uh, was in the VC world in Palo Alto, and luckily I got to meet her through this program that I'm in, and we're working on to figuring out how to make that impact. Um, I think there's a couple of strategies, and we're working on different plans to see. So I'm of the belief that the business has its own aura and its own personality. Sort of like when you have a child, they're an extension of you, but they're not you. And so you've got to guide them and feed them, um, but also give them the space to grow and transform. And so I'm trying to steer it, but also honor what like modern mystic as an energy wants to develop into. Um I think part of that I would like to have more brick and mortar stores. My husband says it best. He says you've got to you've got to treat the store like an altar that you're anchoring in the 3D. And he's a magician and he he does a lot of ritual magic and altar work and that makes sense to me that like the physical stores anchor the energy in the 3D in a way that the virtual store does not. And so I think in our future, there will be more opportunity to have more modern mystic altars you know, <laughs> throughout the country. And then I'm like always so interested in, in the digital space. And I've got friends that work in virtual reality. And I really do think that's the next wave. So I'm curious to see how we can create a more 3D experience of modern mystic Remotely, that That would be cool. Yeah, and I don't know how to do it yet, but that's where my mind is sort of thinking. It's like, okay, how do we take? We're in the Aquarian age, right? So, how do we take the best use of this technology and create interactive experiences? Because you've been in our shop, you we encourage people to experience and interact with everything, and so you can't do that so much. And still, it's online. Still, feels very two D to me. You you can't experience it in the same way. So, I'm curious about that. And then I'm curious about creating more lines of products, how I can take my knowledge and experience and stories into products that are not just curated, but are created by Modern Mystic um, and maybe get those products into other retailers so that, you know, because Brenda and I are working on a product with HarperCollins that will get potentially worldwide distribution. Is HarperCollins a publisher? Yeah, so okay. we're writing like a, it's like a book and some um, more tangible elements that are going to be out in the world um, in fall 2020. So sort of that was a validation to us that there's a way where we don't have to necessarily physically open a store in every city, but we can take our knowledge and our magic and sort of box it up and send it out to have a further reaching impact. So I'm looking at sort of like those three limbs and to see how we can continue to educate and consult and make things readily available for people, how we can create more jobs for people that feel good and that help them grow. Um, I love, I didn't realize that was a byproduct of this whole thing, how much I love being a job creator. It's really meaningful to me to to have a space where people can love to come to work and grow and challenge themselves where they're in alignment with their interests and their values. It's so cool. I imagine that's got to be very fulfilling because that's Mm -hmm. their livelihood. Yeah. That's probably the most fulfilling part that I did not expect. Like I thought it would be like really customer focused and like that impact would be the most incredible for me. But be, the further away I get from the day-to-day transactions with the customers, I think that's the customers and being in service to them is how we make our decisions. But I think there's like one, you know, our, our staff gets more filled up by that because they're having the interactions. And so as I have moved further away from that part of the business, I get the satisfaction from them getting the satisfaction of engaging with the customers and them like taking ownership on different products and projects as we grow. It's so cool. Are you a natural connector? Yeah, I'm definitely a natural connector and I'm also an introvert. Uh, I could see that too. (laughs) So I'm like, I like a lot of alone time, but yeah. And it's just like how we mentioned before how my brain works. It's, it really like instantly it's like, I can't explain it, but like it just all forms instantly. Um, and that works with connections too or problem solving or development or whatever we're doing. I think it's so cool what what you've done. And,
0: and some of the things you've said in previous conversations that we've had about outgrowing your container. Yes. And I feel like when I talk to you or talk to your husband, Brandon, or talk to people in your shop and you guys have so so much information. Like, it's just so freaking deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That it's almost... Well, it, in one hand, it's it, there's so much. There's so much to what's important. You know, like, if I were to go into, for myself personally, numerology or astrology, like, it, I, it makes no sense to me mm-hmm. at all. But I'll believe it, you know? Sure. Kind of like reading horoscopes, like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> sure. But I don't get it at all. But I feel like you guys are so deep within deep with your knowledge that that makes sense to write a book. And especially because mm-hmm. I feel like you and Brandon have a very specific, unique voice Yeah, to you as well, or a different unique um, viewpoint. And because you're so practical, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, And I know that I've introduced you to a lot of my friends yes. <laughs> through tarot readings and we're all, we're all huge fans. So um, in, in closing, I'd, I'd love to find out, you know, what's next for you and how can people reach you? How can people join your mission?
1: What's next for me, I guess, is continuing to see what this thing wants to grow into and how I can do it, you know, with integrity in a way that keeps on keeps me feeling in alignment and integrated, as we've discussed. Um, how they can find us would be, if you're in Atlanta, I would love, I mean, my number one recommendation would be to come to a Sunday school class. We have them every Sunday at 11. So explain what those are. So those are classes that are open to the community from 11 to 12 before we open our doors on Sunday. And they cover tons of different metaphysical topics, transformational self-help. We bring in a lot of people from our community or people that are touring through uh, that have a different... Skill set. So yes, we Brandon and I have a lot of knowledge, but there are also areas in which there are other people that have more knowledge. And so we want we don't believe that it's just our way. So we'll bring in people with opposing viewpoints or different uh, specialties to share their information. And then if you're not in Atlanta, that's on a podcast. So we have Sunday school at Modern Mystic Shop. We record it and then we play it the following week, so you can keep up that way. Um, And then you know always welcome to come to our shop and then our website modern shop.com we've tried our best to translate the in-store experience into the online space so you can shop by solution like we've identified why people I think come. that's so cool <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> you know each product you click you can see the maker because we our stuff is intentionally made mostly by female almost exclusively at this point I think I want to say a hundred percent but you know there could be a dude <laughs> that slipped in there somewhere but um by female-owned businesses and you can take a quiz on there to see sort of what solution might be best and then instagram i run our instagram page i'm really proud about that because i get to share knowledge so it's not really salesy it's really more educating about the different crystals and the different products and such so we're modern mystic underscore shop so we're in like you know the 3d and the virtual space what has the
0: feedback been on instagram and through the modern mystic classes
1: I mean, the Sunday school is just like filling up those rooms every week. That's pretty. That's been pretty incredible. I didn't know when we started if anyone would show up. And it's grown because we've got the steady group of people that treat it like their church. And they'll come every Sunday and they'll sit in the same seat like they would their pew at their church, you know?
0: I've done that before. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so cool. And then, you know, the other people that come just based on the topic that interests them. Um, On social media, I get great feedback. And I see our reviews sometimes. And I don't know if people realize that it's me but someone said you know follow them on this is a great store but also follow them on instagram because they share so much knowledge and that's just like what we're up to is like how can we share the more we share the more people learn and you know selfishly too like it translates to dollars too because you know you come into a free sunday school class and then the store's full and people purchase things it wasn't the original intention but it it's like a win-win like it's worked for us
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. And if you looked around my house and saw all the crystals and <laughs> right. stuff, my husband, you know, almost, he put like a temporary ban. He's like, no more crystals. No out more crystals.
1: <laughs> that makes you know, there comes a point where maybe you can
0: equalize. <laughs> well, you know, we are in my husband's office yeah. right now, and there is he a has an amethyst that is his that he nice. chose, and he chose that. Salt, salt lamp, lamp. yeah that's salt lamp as well so Good I don't you, know man. it's all it's all coming together it
1: does all come together yes, it's a lovely space Kelly thank you so much oh, for being welcome. here it
0: has been such a joy to talk to you thank and you. learn more and all of that so thank you you're so welcome this has been so fun <laughs> thanks thank you Wasn't that an interesting conversation with Kelly Knight? It makes you want to sign up for a tarot reading pronto. But if you want to experience it for yourself, you can visit Modern Mystic Shop in Ponce City Market in Atlanta or online. Kelly is one of my favorite people to talk to, and I hope you found it as interesting as I did. And if you feel like you got value from today's chat, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend. But most of all, thanks for listening.